When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Well, as long as 15's back there, I promise you they always have a chance. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. With Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the Seaport, brought to you by Grey Goose. A lot of conversation about Mahomes as the villain per the interview he did with Jeff Darlington of ESPN about the concept of Patrick Mahomes in that villain role now around the NFL. Elizabeth in Mississippi watching on ESPN2 joins us here on Unsportsmanlike. What's up, Elizabeth? Hey. Hey. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. So my question is, why do people proceed Patrick Mahomes as a villain when they don't realize that the Chiefs were in a terrible spot years to come, and now we're in a good spot. But we didn't villainize Tom Brady when they were during their era like this. I would say that we villainized Tom Brady significantly more than anyone has villainized Patrick Mahomes and that we have the first sense of Mahomes in the quote-unquote villain role literally yesterday when Mahomes commented on it. I mean, Brady was was maligned for years. Mahomes just getting the first early taste of it. I don't know if he was maligned, but I hated him. I hated him. I hate, Why'd I hate, you hate him? I hated everything about him. I mean, I just couldn't stand him because it just felt like it was too charmed of a life. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And, and I feel like there's a little bit of some of that with Patrick Mahomes. But the thing that makes Brady more incredible is the fact that he was a six-round pick, right? He's picked 199, and he holds on to all of the quarterbacks. I think it was six of them that were picked in front of him. Like, he holds on to all of those guys, and he knows them by name. Like, th- th- that's the piece of this that I that – I, that I would push back on. I think that we did vilify Tom Brady and it happened, you know, probably earlier in his career than it's happening with Patrick Mahomes. And, and that's because of how meteoric his rise was with Mahomes. There was this expectation that he would be good. And, and, and yet he's met and surpassed all of those expectations with Tom Brady. Nobody thought he was going to be this. Nobody thought that he was going to win three championships in four years. That wasn't the expectation. So I think the fatigue set in a lot quicker with him just because relative to what we expected when we first saw him, it it, it was so, so far on the opposite end of the spectrum. Whereas Patrick Mahomes, we didn't know that he was going to be this great, but we knew that he was going to be a great quarterback. I think with Brady, too, it's easier to dislike him and vilify him when he's connected to Bill Belichick. And this is even before all of the Spygate stuff or the Deflategate stuff. Bill Belichick is just a, a gruff, kind of unlikable figure, I think, for a lot of people. Whereas with Patrick Mahomes, he's with Andy Reid. How, how are you going to not like Andy Reid? Well, I think that's definitely part of it. The other thing is I would fight off in terms of look at what we were prior to Mahomes getting there. Well, you were a playoff team is what you were. I mean, in 2013, they go to the playoffs. 2014, they're 9-7, and seven, missed the playoffs. 2015... They go to the playoffs. In 2016, they go to the playoffs. 2017, they go to the playoffs. And then Mahomes shows up. 
Like, we're not talking about some downtrodden fr- – they're not the Carolina Panthers. Offense. Like, they're not – I'm sorry. He said offense. Well, I'm not going to say no wow. offense. That's offensive, right? Like, they weren't some horrific franchise. That, though, is the beauty of what we always say. Draft a QB when you want one, not when you need one. They were already good. Andy Reid wanted to be great. And now they're dynastic, right, by drafting the quarterback when you wanted one. But it's it's an interesting point, though, about the, the villain part of it, but also the Andy Reid part of it. Because now – you know, Andy Reid is looked at in a way that the Eagles part of his career is the add-on. Like, oh, my God, this guy has been to four Super Bowls with the Chiefs. He's already won two of them. Let's see what happens on Sunday. And, oh, by the way, he went to five straight NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl with Philadelphia. But if he loses on Sunday, his overall record in the Super Bowl is 2-3, and three, and I wonder if the Philadelphia angle of, oh, I don't know, he's not that good in big games – Pops back up. I don't think it should, but when you're thinking about Andy Reid's legacy, I, he feels like a top five coach of all time, That we, in, at least in our lifetime. He feels like the second best coach probably of our lifetime behind Belichick. You know, Bill Walsh, obviously, you'd put above uh, Andy Reid. Don Shula. Don Chuck Sh- Noll. Yeah, I think I would put all of those in front of, in front of Andy Reid right now. Right now. I know, but here's where it gets interesting. If Andy Reid wins on Sunday, his Super Bowl wins are going to be – it would be greater than Shula, right? Shula has two, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, he's got two. Yeah, and but I'm not saying the, he's better than – But he's got the all-time wins The wins record. record. Yeah, I'm not saying he's yeah. better than Shula. He's in that conversation. And Shula had the perfect season. Yeah, he's in that conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That part. Yeah, yeah less yeah. games, but yeah. I mean, I think that when we look it, – well, it's true. <laughs> okay. Right. How do we look at Reid right. historically if they lose on Sunday? Losing record in the Super Bowl. The Phil- – like – Talk to Pat Costello, an Eagles fan, and the and the our producer, and the mm-hmm. the mentality. Like Pat, what was the mentality of Philadelphia around Andy Reid when he left? Do we have Pat? I guess we don't have Pat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't ready. Oh my they, god, they don't listen. To us. Hold on, that's what yeah, I realized. You're, you're so out of breath. We're we're right. what, I, I want to know why, exactly what was going on in the studio. They do their own what was show. Going on in the yeah, production room. Why are you so out of breath? We were talking about guests for the rest of the week. We weren't. We were. Doing other stuff. No, why are you so winded? Oh, we were laughing. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I so mean, the mentality are you about the... Andy Reid, right? No, uh, forget, <laughs> it. forget it. We're moving the mo- past the moment you. is lost. Yeah, now. we're moving past. I mean, you. I want to laugh for free now. I want to know what the hell they were <laughs> yeah, talking about. Yeah, what were you guys talking right? about? Come on. No, we were, we were, we were ta- laughing because I wasn't ready, so I was diving at the mic trying ready. to put my headphones on. <laughs> no, we're ta- we were talking about the fact that you guys will be up here Thursday, Friday in right. lovely Bristol. Yes. So we're just seeing who was going to be on campus because I don't know. Uh, there's people that are on campus, but most are in Vegas. So we're just running through a list of potential, you know, pop in the studio and say hi type of guests. Now seems like a good time to do that. I would, <laughs> anything During else? The show. You guys want to go get breakfast while you're at it? I mean, my God. Okay. We already got his. The point that I'm trying to make <laughs> is that there's, a, there's an arc to Andy Reid's career that we never bring up in that he wasn't good in big games and he was bad with clock management and all that stuff. We forget about that because he's so damn awesome now. But I do wonder if they lose on Sunday, if that pops back up. No. No? no? Okay. <laughs> so not even a little right, bit. So then he's past that. No. no but then he's he, past that. He, degrade, he developed a guy that's going to be considered in large part one of the greatest of all times. Patrick Mahomes is already a top five quarterback. Right, and he's not five on the list. That's right. So I mean, Andy Reid was instrumental in that development. Nobody thought that Patrick Mahomes would be this. This this is a guy that didn't play his entire rookie year and came out of the incubator and threw for fifty touchdowns and won an MVP. So I mean, Andy Reid is going to get a ton of credit for that. Andy Reid 
won 100 games with two different franchises. Andy Reid took two different franchises to the Super Bowl. When you look at the coaches in the history of the NFL that have done those those things, that's a very, very short list. So Andy Reid gets full credit for all of those things. And again, multiple Super Bowl championships puts him in a different room than the other coaches that might just have one title on their resume. But then also the Patrick Mahomes of it all is a differentiating factor when we compare him to the all-time great coaches. So flip it. Let's say he wins on Sunday. Could he surpass Belichick? On Sunday? No, in general, in his career. I'm saying if he stays with it, he gets a third one. Yeah. Could he surpass Belichick in terms of the all-time coaching rankings? It's certainly on the table. I don't know if he'll be able to match him in Super Bowls, but... I mean, he's right now second to Belichick in playoff wins. Belichick has 31. Andy Reid has 25, so he's encroaching on that. I think as long as he and Patrick Mahomes stay together, they're going to be in the conversation. So I, it's within striking distance if he wants it. That's the thing. If they win on Sunday and Andy Reid sticks around for five more years, are you going to say that they can't match Bill Belichick's ring total? I ain't going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I ain't going to say it. I'm not going to do it. I'm done doubting the Chiefs and Patrick. I'm done doing it. I'm I'm $87 poor. I'm done doing, (laughs) saying what they can and cannot do. I'm done with that. So so they would have, with this year, it's winning three and six years, right? Three and five. Three and five years. So so then they would have to do it again. Yeah. So six and ten. You're going to say that they can't do that. I ain't gonna say it. I, I'm not gonna do it. That seems very difficult. Sure, but my it does. God, if they win sure six does. out of ten, sure it does. You know what else is difficult? Going to six straight conference championships. Oh, I know. Games. Yeah, that's difficult. Belichick, that's hard to do. Belichick went that's, to eight. That's hard to do. Belichick saying, went to I'm, eight. I'm not gonna doubt. I'm not gonna doubt that he can no, do it. I, I hear you, but but what we're then saying is then that becomes the greatest run in the history of this sport. If they do it on Sunday and then they do it again, the exact same scenario, another three in five. Actually, it may be the greatest run in any sport in our life but because here, Michael took two years off. LeBron had years in between. The, the Patriots had a bunch of years in between. Six and ten would be the greatest run in our lifetime. Sure, but they've got all the ingredients to make it happen, right? Yeah. you got ownership that's not going to get in the way. That'll pay whatever it costs in order to keep key talent. You've got a good general manager in Brett Veach. you got a head coach and a quarterback that ain't going to get in the way of your success. So why can't they do it? I know. I'm just saying. And well, a really durable quarterback, too, by the, the way. He plays in every single game. So He's why, always why, there. Why can't they do it? The reason they <laughs> yes. can't do it is, an, is a, an absurd answer, but it is the answer, which is we've never seen it before. That's not, that's not a good answer, but that is the answer. Because everything you just said, what do you need in this league to win? You need three things. A quarterback to outperform his contract. Check. You can pay him $100 million a year. He outperforms his contract. A head coach to get the best out of everybody. Check. An ownership to support the team. Check. They have literally everything you need to win. It's just the idea of winning 6-10 and 10 is so crazy to think about. That is the ignorant answer as to why they can't do it. There's no factual evidence of, of like, well, here's why. They don't have good this. They don't have good that. No, they have everything you want to win in the NFL. Everything you want. But seeing six out of ten seems crazy. It seemed it would be the greatest run in our lifetime in all of sports. Jeff Saturday joining us next. It's on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Mahomes and villain. Now used in the same sentence. Jeff Saturday's here. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Is Patrick Mahomes a villain? No. Come on, man. I mean, dude, the guy, first of all, he's as put together a quarterback as we may have ever seen. Like, coming into the league and the way that he's kind of gone through this thing. No, man. The guy handles himself as a pro's pro. His, his you know, the, his answers to questions, you know, are you the GOAT? I mean, he pushes all that legacy stuff off continuously. He does it the way it should be done, man. No, I, no chance you could call him a villain. Unless you just hate success and, like, you, you're just a hater of success or that or the Chiefs in particular, which if you're a Raiders fan, you would be. But other than that, everybody else, you know, kind of piped down. Well, you said he's put together. Are you referring to the dad by God? Yes, uh, just, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He put together well, you know what I mean? You don't got to be all chiseled up, dude. You can, have a, you can have a little cushion around and still be, you know, still be still still look good, feel good, play good. What you you're know? saying is he don't need a flak jacket. That's exactly right. That's exactly Right. <laughs> All right, Jeff, speaking of things that are put together, the NFL didn't do a great job of putting together the practice field oh. for the San Francisco 49ers. They're out at UNLV. Oh. Apparently, the league tried to put actual grass sod down on over top of field turf. Hasn't necessarily worked out. The 49ers are complaining about it. As somebody that's been both a player and somebody mm. that's worn the head coaching hat in this league, how do you manage something like this? Keep it from being a distraction, but also making sure your team gets the work that they need before the big game. Well, you're going to try to flip it around and make it, you know, us versus them, first of all, from the organization standpoint, right? Look how they treat us. Look, you know, yeah. you're looking for anything, you know, to, to motivate. So that motivation part, but from the, you know, just a logistics portion of it, it is serious. The good thing is, and is most of your heavy work is done the week, you know, last week during Pro Bowl week, right? Like you're putting in, you're polishing this week, right? Yeah. So as far as like on the field stuff, but you do want guys to fly around, you want timing of routes to matter, all that kind of stuff. So you know, everybody will get on a call. Where can we go? What's the best field we can get on? How can we get on there? Because um, they're gonna have to get some kind of good work. But you you really try to use it as a motivation as opposed to. Um, you know, letting people focus on it, drive home about it, right? Talk about it. Like, don't let it become the distraction. There's enough distractions in Vegas right now from a, <laughs> from a team perspective. You don't want to add to them uh, the field being another one of them. So you said most of the heavy work is done last yeah. week. This week is about polishing. But for somebody like Brock Purdy, who's never been in this position before, what's the most important thing that he needs to be doing this week as he leads up to the Super Bowl? Just tune out the noise, right? I, I think that I think the biggest thing is is that you, by the time you get to the game, there can just be exhaustion or mm-hmm. fatigue. And so how do you manage that, right? So whatever you do, whatever your weekly preparation looks like, don't veer from it. Be that same. You'll have plenty of time to celebrate when this game is over. So use this week to do it the same way you've done it every other week. But, man, I'm telling you, you would walk in and, and see, so you understand, like, 
you you see guys are they're exhausted and yeah. it's kickoff yeah. and you're looking around and dudes got like dead eyes right like their legs look like they're they're exhausted and you're going bro like this is the biggest thing we've done but it it is it's a fatigue like no other because of how many calls you get how many radio hits you got to do how many TV requests you have so he has to just block out the noise put it on the same schedule he's be on I'm going to do it this day and I'm done and I'm not going to talk anymore family same way. Tickets are going to be here. That's going to be handled. Done. On Thursday, I'm not dealing with that anymore. And just put the process together where make the priority the priority, which is winning that game. Talk with Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst. I want to ask both of you now this, CCN Jeff, because you just brought up something that's fascinating. This is your lifelong goal, to get to the Super Bowl. You would take this 10 out of 10 times, but it almost comes off like you're saying there's an annoyance with the actual lead-up and the game where it is so out of place relative to the other 16, 17 you play during the regular season, is it actually more difficult? Not the importance, we know that, but the actual process, is it more difficult? Yeah, I wouldn't call it an annoyance. What I would say is it takes you out of your routine. Think that's about right. it. The media the media availability, media day, that's at night now. It's a prime right. time event, but that that's not a time when you would typically have any obligations toward the team unless you were playing in a primetime game. And speaking of the game itself, it's at an odd time. The game is at 6.30. That's right. I mean, that's that's 6.30 Eastern. That is an right. odd time. NFL kickoff times, 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, maybe yeah. 4.25, and then 8. Yeah. That, those are the times. You don't have a 6.30 Eastern kickoff. So right. everything right. is outside of the routine that you're accustomed to. And because athletes are creatures of habit, that can throw off your rest mm. and, and how you go about your business. 100%. And even thinking about the pregame is longer, right? You're going to have more songs sung, right? You got the flyover, right? Halftime is longer. Yep. I mean, so all the things, to, to, to Chris point, like all the things that, that are normalized through your every day or, or year by year, all those habits – are thrown off for one event. And and I don't think like to your point, I don't think it's an annoyance. I think you you enjoy part of it, but the the overwhelming amount that comes at you is like like you got to think there's no other teams. So throughout your entire career, most weeks you're playing, you know, 31 others are playing as well, right? And then as you go to the playoffs, you know, your media gets a little bigger and a little bigger depending on what market you're in. But all of a sudden, you get to this one, and it's worldwide, man. you got people from all over the globe asking you questions. And they ain't just football questions, right? They're like these weird kind of ask, and it's all fun. <laughs> and is there any way to prep for all of this? No. Can you do run-throughs for this? No or? chance. I mean, no. you talk about it. You get guys who have done it. They stand up and talk to your team. But until you experience and go through it, it's just one of those things you just got to learn. Jeff, this game, who is it bigger for in terms of legacy, Brock Purdy or Patrick Mahomes? Oh, Purdy. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, Mahomes, from a legacy perspective, Mahomes is already in this conversation of goat for people, right? They're like, well, we can have, and, and whether you love it or hate it, it that's, that's a comparison because of how fast his career has started. Um, for, so when you're looking at Purdy, this is a, and to me, it's probably Shanahan is probably the biggest one that you're going to have the conversation about, but mm. it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, Purdy from, from a guy who's gone from Mr. Irrelevant hurt in last year's game. Now get, finally getting to this game, you know, he, he's a manager or whatever all the nonsense has been throughout the season. Can he met, ma- you know, can he match up, um, and so, you know, but for me, I would think Shanahan honestly has the so most. So Shanahan over Brock Purdy. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I think this is massive for him. I just think when you think about people frame him, and this is what's funny to me, right? Like we, you know, revisionist history, however you want to talk about it. But like we talk about Andy Reid, like this dude. But let's not forget until Mahomes, 
he's, you know, he's Belichick without Brady, right? Yeah. He got there, didn't get it or whatever it is, and now all of a sudden you get Belichick who goes with Brady, wins all these. Well, Reed's doing the same thing with yeah. Mahomes, right? Now he's winning Super Bowls. Shanahan's gone to the Super Bowl, you know, has the 28-3 lead as a coordinator, can't get there, goes as a head coach, gets beat by Mahomes and yeah. Reed, right? And so now he gets another shot at this thing, but it's it's the pressure of getting there and completing it and how that frames your long-term legacy, not – not is he a great coach? Heck yeah, he's a great coach, brother. Dude keeps going to Super Bowls. He wins. He does all. But everybody's like, oh no, he can't win the big one. And you're like, really? So it's just it's just how you frame. And I think that's the pressure that I think he's a great coach, irrespective of what happens come Sunday. But but that's that's the legacy conversation that people always want to have. Have you thought about who's going to win? Have you picked a winner for the Super Bowl yet, Jeff? I have. Not. Listen, it's hard to pick against Mahomes. I don't care. You know, it, it's just hard to pick against him. I think if. San Francisco does what I think they should do. I, I would go advantage San Francisco. If they run the ball, if they get in their bigger packages, if they run downhill, if they get physical with McCaffrey, who's the best player on their offense, and then allow explosive plays to come behind it. But we said that about Baltimore, and they didn't do it. And I don't care what spags rolled out there, and everybody's like, man, you know, there was still a lot of DBs on that field, man, five and six all the time, and they didn't go run it at them. And I don't care if it's check with me's or not. At some point, you got to go, hey, we're going to run downhill. Uh, it's an incredible matchup. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. Um, and, and, you know, but, but you, you got to go stick with what you do well. And I think that's going to be San Fran's main charge. Can they stick with what they know how to do? Final thing here was Skinny Saturday. I forgot to, <laughs> I forgot to get into that. We're in February. January yes. was the big diet month. Are yes. we continuing the diet? What are we doing here, Jeff? Uh, it, it's modified. So okay. it's not nearly as strict now. I, I had some I had some dessert. I had some chocolate cake with my wife. Nice. Yeah, we, nice. Had a little, we had a little. It's so, yeah. So uh, it's a little bit It's a little bit less. So I'm adding a little Sprinkling more Sprinkling some stuff in. Sprinkling some things in now. Okay. All hey, right. Listen, yeah. man. You ain't going to keep talking about your wife, Chocolate Casey, not bring them in Bo, the studio. Bo. You going to next time you come was, up, next time you come up, you're going to have to bring some Chocolate Casey. This was actually you a keep gift. talking about Her it. girlfriend actually dropped this thing off, so I get a I get a text, like it's like 9 o'clock on Saturday morning, and there's a text from one of her, one of her girlfriends, and she's like, hey, I just dropped this off for your wife. It's on, or, or, or my husband just dropped it off for your, for your wife on the, on your front porch, and I was like, I go out there, and there's this massive sheet cake, bro. And when I tell you, when I tell you, it didn't make it much past 9 <laughs> A.M. where I was already hey, going is, in. You're looking at it like, this is all mine. This is it, all mine. This my thing was massive, and I was like, God, I love your friends. How nice is this? I love is? you like a fat kid love cake, but if you don't bring no cake next all time, right. me and you going to have a problem. I like it. I all like right. it. I'll, I'll, I'm going to put it on. Right, Catch Jeff on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We sat here yesterday and we said with the NBA trade deadline coming up on Thursday, LeBron James at Madison Square Garden on Saturday night wearing the orange and blue into the arena, wearing the Knicks towel. His agent, Rich Paul, best agent in the business, Clutch Sports, meeting with Leon Rose of the New York Knicks to squash any previous beef because Rich Paul is that good at what he does that he's like, I'm not eliminating options because I've had previous beef with the person. All of that leads towards all of the drama around LeBron James and what he wants the Lakers to do. They win last night, of course, against the Hornets. But Brian Winhorst, ESPN Senior NBA Insider, was on first take and talked about LeBron's future with where he'll be next year, unless... Here's Wendy. When it comes to LeBron, there's something I know, there's something I believe, and there's something I don't know. What I know is LeBron's playing for $50 million next year. And he, you know, he's got an option in his contract with the Lakers for $51 million. Anybody who's out there dreaming that he's going to opt out of that contract and come to you for something less than that, I just don't, I don't think so. I know he's playing for $50 million. Two, I believe it's going to be with the Lakers because LeBron wants to be a Laker. He wanted to be in L.A. When he left Cleveland in 2018, he had definite better options of places where he could go and win more championships. He wanted to be in L.A. I believe LeBron's going to be in L.A. What I don't know is how oh, wow. Bronny figures in all of that and whether or not the desire to play with Bronny or if Bronny will be ready to enter the league or what that will happen could affect and whether LeBron – could use his option as a leveraging point, either to force somebody to draft him, whether that's the Lakers or somebody else, or force a trade or something like that. So just to put in perspective, Bronny James, who obviously had a a serious health scare in the offseason with a heart condition, he's still working his way back in for USC, is averaging six points, three boards, and three assists a game coming off the bench. But again, his whole entire offseason was altered because of a really serious Heart situation, not just like a sprained ankle. So, like, we got to leave that to the side a little bit. I, I think that the thing that Brian keeps going back to that I think is really interesting is the, is the two pressures that, that LeBron is putting on things with the Lakers. Putting pressure on them to make moves, right, about his future, et cetera. And the, and the, the Lakers are putting pressure on everybody else to give us guys that they're not going to give them right now. So I think that the Lakers are in kind of a, a wait-and-see mode with this. They may just have to run it the rest of the year as is. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. They may, but they I know, may I know have that's to. not gonna happen. I mean, you're saying that they may have to. I don't think the organization has any choice because anytime you have LeBron James, you're always in win now mode, and LeBron James is not going to let you rest on your laurels, which is why he always signs one plus one type of contracts. He's got a player option for fifty million dollars in 2024, 2025 season, and although I don't think he's going to leave that on the table, I also understand that he's well aware of his value to a franchise beyond just what he does on the court. So he'll have options if he decides he's going to opt out of his contract. The only question is, do those options present the best opportunity to chase another ring? And 
an opportunity for him to leverage his greatness in order to give his son an opportunity to be in the NBA. Here's what I will say to that. I don't think that LeBron's top two priorities when it comes to basketball serve each other. Mm. What I mean is I don't think that he can play with Bronny and compete for a championship. I just don't think that there's a viable path to being able to do that. So he's going to have to make a tough choice, and and that's – an impossible one, given that he's a parent and all of those things that all of the things that are, you know, around that. But I mean, if you're LeBron James, that's what it's going to come down to in the twilight of your career, making a tough choice around what you want to do and what you want your final years in the NBA to be about. Is it about ring chasing or is it about playing alongside your son? I just don't see a world where those two can coexist. Both are legacy enhancers in different ways. No doubt. Right. Um, yeah. I don't see LeBron going anywhere either but I also don't know what the move is for the Lakers to make he's clearly putting pressure on them because he wants to stay there and he wants them to put pieces around him the hourglass the next towel he knows what he's doing this is very classic LeBron to be the maestro trying to put the pressure and pull the strings as the clock is ticking towards a deadline day where he's going to have to make some decisions or they're going to have to make some decisions. But it's the second thing that Brian said that really pops out to me is about him wanting to be in LA and him wanting to be a Laker. And he can put all the pressure in the world that he wants on them. But if they know that, if they know that he doesn't really want to go anywhere else, maybe they do call his bluff. Maybe they're like, oh, okay, you're going to do the subliminal messages with the Knicks to L's. Okay, let's see what happens. Yeah, I think he's still awesome. I think he's still a top five player, top ten player in the league. I still think he can make a run in the playoffs. I don't think he can be the best player on a championship team with this specific team. Okay. That said, I don't have an obvious move they can make that is going to get them over the hump. So I think that Jeannie Buss, the governor of the team, and Rob Palenka, the general manager, have to do something that's really difficult, which is ignore him. They don't have a choice this year. But you can't ignore him, But there's him, nothing but you, that they you, can you, do you that's going to put them over the hump. Well, this team can, is just not as good as they should be. You can't, you can't ignore him, though. I mean, uh, you know, besides being you know, the best basketball player on the planet for the last two decades, he also you know, started Clutch Sports with Rich Paul, his <laughs> best friend. And Clutch Sports essentially runs the NBA. When it comes to star players and being able to orchestrate player mobility, player movement, you, know, you have to go through Rich Paul. Like, he's one of the power brokers in the NBA. And if you, as a Lakers franchise, don't manage the twilight of LeBron James's career in a way that LeBron approves of, then you have to understand that that's a part of the power that LeBron wields is his influence over Rich Paul in clutch sports and potentially what that means for the Lakers down the road when they are trying to attract other star players to, to refresh and become another iteration of, you know, Lakers basketball. I, I just don't see... I don't see a world where the Lakers can sit on their hands during this week's trade deadline and not do anything to try to move the team forward, even though it's clear and obvious that whatever move they make is not going to put them contention in the West with teams like OKC, Minnesota, the L.A. Clippers, so on and so forth. You're just not at that level. And so I, 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 I as a Lakers fan, want them to be sober-minded, but I know they can't be because LeBron James is applying maximum pressure on them to do something. Yeah, I just don't know, and we've discussed, I don't know what that massive move is that, that can put them over the hump. The other, part But here's is, the thing, though. Yeah. We had this conversation around the same time last year. We had this same exact conversation around the same time year. last year, and they went on after the trade deadline to have the best record in basketball up until the conference finals. 
They had the best record in basketball. And remember, LeBron James was missing for a month. So this team has flipped the switch. We've seen them do it in past years. And I think they're going to do it again it, with it, this it team. It did it last year. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at it through that lens, it's like, all right, maybe we are a DeJounte Murray away from getting back to the conference finals. And if you are, then then if you're the Lakers, why wouldn't you make that move? Yeah. Why wouldn't you make that decision? You say, okay, if this can get us back to the conference finals, then we can go ahead and LeBron James that thing once we get there. Cool. Let's do that. And I think that's what the front office and LeBron would point to as justification on why they could make a move to try to get better at the deadline rather than waiting to the summer. So there's another part of this with the Bronny James part of it. Austin Rivers, ESPN NBA analyst, played in the NBA for a decade. His dad is Doc Rivers, of course, who is now the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. And Austin was on NBA Today yesterday on ESPN with Malik Andrews and gave some advice to Bronny James. I went through something similar, similar situation, but also different. I was already in the NBA when I went to go play for him. What happens is a lot of people start to discredit everything that you've done. This kid has been in the limelight since he was born. First day on Instagram, he had a million followers. He's handled it so well. He's played well at Sierra Canyon amongst talent and was able to get himself to a school like USC. Right now, his numbers don't scream pro. So if he is to go in the draft or if he gets picked, it'd be great to get picked up by a contending team that could help him put him in a situation because he does have talent. He does have uh, basketball IQ. He has potential. Him going and play with his dad at this point in his career, just because Bronny's success isn't at a top tier level, him getting drafted and playing with his dad, it just, I don't want that negativity to come his way because he doesn't deserve it. I could not agree with him more. And he knows, right? Because he's he was in that similar ish situation. His dad was the coach. But Bronny James, if you were to come out at averaging six points, three rebounds, three assists at USC, again, the heart condition matters in that he got a late start this year in all of this. He's going to have to deal with you're just drafted because your dad is LeBron James, not because you did anything to get drafted. And I don't, I don't want that for this guy. I don't know him, but I feel like I, I preemptively feel badly for him that he would have to deal. And I don't know that it's the best. Like, does he want to play with his dad? Are we, have we ever heard him say that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he wants to or not, but he's going to have to deal with that accusation and trolls saying that to him, whether he plays with his dad or not. Just by nature of him getting drafted, and people might look at the numbers and say, and not look at the context of it and say, oh, well, people know that LeBron's going to be at the games. It's a good business decision for whatever franchise to draft you. Which it would be. It would be, but I mean, whether no or not his, it. It his would be. dad's his teammate or not, he's going to have to deal with that. There are how cool would it be though to play with your dad? It would be though? amazing. Like I mean, baseball, so Ken Griffey, Ken Griffey Jr. Like how, how awesome would that be to play with your dad? And your dad is LeBron James. Your lockers are next to each other. <laughs> like, are, you, are you kidding me? Like I was like, I don't. We don't know if he wants. Yeah, he hadn't come out and said it, but I mean, just like it's the opportunity to play with your old man. Yeah. Like that would be that would be incredible. The one thing though that is massively different about the, the Griffeys is the kid was better than the dad. So it was much easier for the and dad had a really good career, but the but Ken Griffey Jr. is one of the greatest players to ever play the sport. In yeah. this case, the dad is one of the greatest players to ever play the sport, and the son, the perception as Austin was saying, would be like, nah, he's just in there because of the dad, which obviously has we have not seen this kind of scenario. Ever. All right, uh, coming up, we got I'm over it, but first, Cece has this from Vivid Seats. All right, secure the seats and the memories this year from Vivid Seats, your home for every dunk, every slap shot, and every stolen base. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards you earn with every purchase. 
From the buzzer beaters to the walk-off home runs, Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all the games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. For more, Pat Costello, when he's listening, gives us things in his life that he's over. Sports, entertainment, whatever it may be. Pat, floor is yours if you're listening. Oh, what? Uh, what? Oh, okay. Oh, huh? hey, guys. Uh, hey. I still can't get them to do Wordle, by the way. Got it in four today. Nailed it. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> is this a new beat, a new song underneath? I'm over it today. Are we switching it up? Remix! <laughs> No, we've been we've been rolling with this one for the last few days. A not pop. a remix. Yeah, it was hey, yeah. Thanks for not listening, guys. Oh, no, 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 unreal. No, no, it's like you guys never even listened to the show. Mm. Uh, <laughs> can someone explain to me how the last two years we've had turf issues at the Super Bowl? How is it that we go this whole season and yet somehow right at the end we're going to have stupid issues with grass that are going to end up impacting things with the Super Bowl? How can we not figure this out? We've been fine with it every other year. All of a sudden, the last two years, there's a bunch of turf issues. What's going on here? Where's the sod father when you need him? Remember that guy? The guy that, like, what was the guy's name? No. I don't remember that. There was a whole thing around the the guy last year at the Super Bowl. Yeah, the sod father. father. I don't remember him. You guys don't remember this? For real? No. Yeah, there was a there was a guy named the Sod Father who was like the that was his nickname. The whole like the guy who ran all the um, the field stuff for the NFL. George Toma. Yeah, there you go. Him. Thank mm. you, Nuno. George Toma. Okay. Nuno, listening. Um, I, I don't get it either. Goodell is defending it. He's saying he came out yesterday and said the Niners' practice field is playable. If you're using the word playable for a practice field, something's wrong. That is a defense word you should not be using. Playable means, 
yeah, okay, fine. I know it's wet out on your basketball court and there's some ice, but you can shoot around the ice in the driveway or in the playground. No big deal. Playable? Not the word you want to hear for a practice field for the Super Bowl. No, and I don't understand why it's taken this long to figure that out, right? They're supposed to have the practice fields for both teams approved by December. All of that stuff's supposed to be they sorted out. They said it was, but they, who knows? They, but, but they said it was, but they just put down the actual sod a few weeks ago. What are we so doing? So how could the field be approved if you just put the sod down? That makes no sense. So this is on the NFL. They need to hold the L on this one. Now, unfortunately, it creates another degree of difficulty for the San Francisco 49ers. That should not be there. And I hate that there is this built-in excuse already for San Francisco if things don't go right on Sunday. I hate that. It is, though. It's built in. It's a built-in excuse, and I hate it. Next one, Pat. I'm concerned about the actual Super Bowl now a little bit. Uh, People. People who complain about traveling on their way... I might get in trouble for this one with my parents. People who complain about traveling on their way home from vacation, I'm fine. Uh, I'm sorry, I find it really hard to sympathize with you after you've just been on the beach for a week because it took a little longer to get through security on your way back. Can I ask you a question? How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm uh, 28. I had to think about it. Can you still get in trouble with your parents when you're 28? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll get an angry text. Well, that's not... isn't there an age where you graduate yeah, out I'm, of getting in trouble with I'm not your saying they're going to send me to my room. I, think I just that, think they're going to hear it and not be thrilled with funny. me. Pat grounded. got sent to his room he at 28 years old. <laughs> Patrick, go to your room. Yeah, I guess you're right. If on your way back from like a five-star beautiful vacation on the beach, when your kid in this case is in the snow and ice, you can't complain, oh, God, our flight was delayed for three hours. Oh, I feel so bad for you as you're coming back from the Bahamas for a week sitting out on a beach where I'm literally shoveling snow to get in my car every day. You are right about that, Pat. I don't know. I think it depends on the circumstances. Like when we filled in for Greeny a couple weeks ago, Bubba, uh, who is great here at ESPN Radio, works with Greeny, was telling us about his bad travel back from Dallas after the Cowboys lost in the playoffs. Yeah. And I know it's not the beach, but that was a really bad travel. Uh, day for him. It was a really bad I, return. I, th- so I, I think Greeny paid for that. Yeah, so Greeny paid for that. I think. No, Greeny paid for that. Yeah, sorry that your free vacation wasn't that like great. It took him like three years to pay for I that felt, trip, I but he paid for it. It's still bad, though. Yes, like, I mean, really the fact bad. that he has this awesome opportunity to go to his team's playoff game and then it ends the way that it did, you should feel bad for him. Like, travel. Like, listen, if you have the trip from hell, like, there are fewer things that stress you out more than that. Like, so I don't understand why we can't be empathetic to those that are dealing with that. Uh, according to sources close to me, Fluno, um, did you not complain, Smalls, about your travel to Florida, that you had a layover and got delayed? and To Florida? Yeah, didn't you guys get there a little late because uh, of the wind? For for whatever reason, remember. you guys, you, sorry, and Rob, yeah. Yeah, you, you and Rob, Rob were like the only ones that actually took a, a – <laughs> couldn't even take a direct flight from New York <laughs> nobody's to Palm ever, Beach. Nobody has like, oh, ever taken a connecting flight from New York to Florida. No, nobody I've ever. I've never heard never of such heard. a thing in my no. life. I, I'm sorry. This is how we booked it through the company. Don't don't look at me. But Fluno in not this case is not all of us is, could fly from Westchester. Ooh, ooh. I invited you to fly <laughs> with me from Westchester. You said no. I'm it's just saying. Very out of the way. Very out of the way. Yeah, exactly. Give me a break. You complained. You and Probably. by the way, all expense paid, right? Oh, I'm not complaining about the trip. I don't even remember complaining about the flight. I think you guys had more of a problem with us not going direct than we did. Well, Ooh. Fluno and I both did not understand it for the life of us upon arrival that you had <laughs> shit like a layover in like Dallas. I think it was in Charlotte. 
That is random as hell. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, random. Layover in Charlotte. There are many places in this world that you could fly direct and like nobody, I'm sure Chicago, you could get your wife on the yeah, phone. Yeah, I'm, not taking, a million a, I'm not taking a layover from New York to Chicago. <laughs> it's a hundred flights a day. Like, you know, sorry, got to stop in Cleveland. Cleveland's a great place. Why am I stopping in Cleveland en route to, to Chicago? Yeah. Anyway, Pat, what else? <laughs> Pete, uh, Cleveland is Cleveland, Nuno just said. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Micah. Wow. Oh, we love Cleveland. Uh, people have gross sinks and toilets. If you walk into someone's bathroom and they have a gross sink or toilet, I don't think it's any more indicative of how they are as a person. And I think it should be grounds for termination of any relationship with them. No doubt about it. I completely agree. Concur, cosign, retweet everything Pat just said. Like I have found myself in some dicey situations and going in people's bathrooms. It's just, it's just, it's not a good thing. Like you're going to, 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 to take care of your business and you go in the bathroom and you're just like, Oh, Wait a minute. I wish I didn't lift the toilet seat up. Oh. Yeah, it's a bad situation. As a matter of fact, you know what? I got to go. I can't stay here. Didn't end up using the bathroom. Just walked out of the apartment. Just said, hey, something came up. Got a text. Got to go. No explanation beyond that. But that is absolutely disgusting. It was that bad? It was that bad. Ooh, it was sick. that bad. It was, it was that bad. It's it, got, was, it's like, it was a bad situation, Smalls. Really bad situation. You got to be next level lazy to let that stuff go to a point where it's that bad. Especially if you know companies coming over and you still don't That's what it? I didn't Ugh. understand. Sickening. Yeah, that's what I didn't understand. And it, it, this was before my wife, so this was like when I was dating. Not a good situation. Ooh. Not a good situation. Well, I can tell it's you. It's all that bad. As a grand need- opening, grand closing. <laughs> <laughs> As a need freak, I agree with you. I will tell you. When you have a 10-year-old son, uh, It's it, there's some cleaning up at times to do. I mean, I'm just saying, when you have kids... But here's the thing. I get the kids part of it, yeah. but when you have a powder room for guests, that yes. should be pristine at all times. Yeah, I understood. The other, the other places, like if you have a home and you've got multiple... The other bathrooms that are en suite, that's your business, but the powder rooms that is reserved for guests, the one that everybody sees, that should be absolutely pristine. No excuses. No he, questions asked. He Period. just dropped en suite, and Javante now says, Humble Brook. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.